we're all going to be called and challenged to do hard things at some point. And other times we're actively going to choose the hard thing because it's ultimately going to lead us to the life or business we want. So how do we do the hard things? Hi, welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs over at heathergrayconsulting.com. And I am so excited for this episode today, basically because the, the song by Jennifer Nettles, I Can Do Hard Things, has been on repeat in my house and in my earballs lately. And um, I thought it might get it out of my head if I took the conversation a little bit beyond the lyric and actually broke down for folks what I actually think it means to choose the hard thing, to do the hard thing, and how the heck do we do it? So it's a song that I've been listening to nonstop. And then I got a listener writing in with the show topic saying, hey, what do you do when you have chosen the right path for yourself and you've chosen the healthy option for yourself, but that choice is really hard? What do you do next? how do you stay motivated and how do you stay focused? And it was such a good show topic that marries perfectly with my current song obsession. So I absolutely positively had to do a podcast episode because here's the thing. Um, You know, we all know this, right? We see this all the time on social media and all the conversations we have in real life and in our online lives, but like everybody's struggling with something, right? Not everybody's struggling with the worst things ever. Sometimes you know, we're, we're dealing with first world problems, but everybody's got something and everybody's got a story because life is hard. It kind of sucker punches us at times. And I think that, you know, sometimes that's the, that's where the messaging ends. So it's like, well, life sure is hard. Sometimes life just is going to sucker punch you. That's, you know, that's why we have to take the good times in and be grateful for the, you know, the things that go well in our lives and, you know, just cheer up, son, kind of, um, pick yourself up by your bootstraps mentality. But we, we don't really talk about it. What does it take and what do we have to do when life is hard and we're getting sucker punched. But also, what about when we actually are just actively choosing the hard path? When we want to lose 20 pounds, so we're exercising regularly and watching our diet. When we want to save for a big vacation, so we're not eating out regularly and we're saying no to more social plans that are going to be pricey and we're cutting our budgets. Or when, you know, we're actively choosing, um, you know, anything in our lives, in our businesses, at any point in time, any of us could choose the hard path, the road less traveled, because we want to get to where that road leads. And I think sometimes what ends up happening is because we choose that path, because we say, I want to lose 20 pounds, we tell ourselves a story that we shouldn't complain when it's time to go to the gym, or that we shouldn't feel deprived when we're, you know, feeling a little bit hungry in our day, because our body is just a little wired to accept more food into it on a daily basis than we're currently allowing it. I think sometimes because we choose it, the pain and suffering that goes along with that choice, the sacrifice, the hard parts of those choices, I think sometimes we're at risk of not validating that it's hard because we chose it. And the reality is, is if life sucker punches us and, you know, puts cancer in our family or, you know, causes, you know, some sort of disruption 
disruption to our daily life. Of course it's hard, but it's no less hard if we're suddenly, you know, with our backs against the wall simply because we want what's on the other side once the wall has been broken down. So when I talk to people about how do you choose hard things? How do you take care of yourself? What does it actually look like beyond the song that I'm currently obsessed with and beyond the memes you see on Facebook? I think the first thing that I really want people to focus on is acknowledging and validating that it's hard. It doesn't mean sort of implying that it's the worst thing in the world and it's the hardest thing ever and wrapping yourself up in victimhood, but I do think think it means owning and acknowledging that you have chosen the hard path because you don't ever want to become a victim to it. You want to always be able to own the choice and to sort of be able to celebrate and recognize yourself for making that choice for yourself, for showing up for yourself in the way that you've chosen to. But you have to also give yourself permission to validate the hard parts. You know, as I'm talking, I'm thinking of like, you know, some single parent who's returning to school as an adult, like figuring out childcare, figuring out like how they're, you know, how they're going to afford the classes, how they're going to do the work on top of parenting. Like all of that is a really hard choice and a lot of hard problems to solve. And it doesn't just become less hard simply because that person has chosen to further their education and, you know, increase the number of opportunities available to them and their professional lives. And the same goes true for so many of the choices we make as we build our lives and our businesses. So the first thing we have to do is acknowledge that it's hard, own the fact that we're choosing the hard path, and maybe give ourselves credit for doing that. And then what I think really is important here is self-awareness. Now, you guys are going to keep hearing me harp about this on the show. This is going to be the tape you start hearing on repeat because I think so often the personal development space is so focused on change, on being different, on growing. Like somebody asked me the other day what I was working on and I... And I didn't even understand the question. I was like, what am I working on? Like, you know, and it was like, and I, you know, I'm like, like my Q2 goals, like, what what are you talking about? And it was basically like, well, you're a mindset person. And so you must always be, you know, personally developing your mindset. So what are your goals for yourself right now? Um, and what I ultimately said is I really want to be present in my life right now. I did a lot of hard work over the past year. I am spending 2019 sort of enjoying the fruits of my labor, sort of seeing how all of these big changes I've made, all of the risks I've taken, all the personal growth have sort of settled in with me. I'm taking time to kind of get to know myself. Um, So I'm not working on the next big thing. I'm not picking the next goal. But I think sometimes the personal development space is so much about like, okay, what are you working on? What are you going to conquer next? What's the next thing that's wrong with you? What do you need to do some work on? What needs to have a spotlight on it? Without actually ever recognizing that like sometimes the best way to get through a hard thing isn't to try to grow and develop and become more grateful or to become more intentional or to become more mindful, but to know ourselves. 
who we are, and how we move through the world. So if you are choosing something for your life or your business right now that takes more time, that takes more money, that takes more sacrifice, that takes more willpower, more avoidance, more perseverance, you want to look at yourself and you want to see where in your life before, in your experience thus far, what has helped you the most in times like this? What has helped you persevere? What has helped you be resilient? When you have needed to stay firm in a decision without wavering, even though the decision was hard, how have you done that in the past? Because you want to use all of the lessons you've learned in the past to inform where you are now. But then the other piece of this is what can you do for yourself to make it less hard and for it to suck less? Like where can you trim the fat? Because if you know who you are, how you move through the world, then you know what sets you up for success. You know if you need a lot of sleep, you know if you need to drink more than eight glasses of water a day, you know if you need your best friend on speed dial, on repeat, you know if you need a good workout, you know... Like, you know what sets you up for success. And I can't tell you how many times people make the worst mistake ever during hard times, which is check themselves at the door. So yes, they know about themselves. They know they do better when they're on a low-carb diet. They know they do better when they're getting more sleep or they're eating more vegetables or they're talking to their best friends regularly or they're going to their fancy, you know, schmancy boutique gym class. They know what they need to feel good and to be more successful, but because it's hard, that's the thing that gets sacrificed. Rather than recognizing that when When we are choosing the hard things, we need to know what's going to set us up for success. What is going to enable us to show up to the best of our ability? So if you're taking a chance and you're doing something new, now is not the time to compromise on the things that you know you like and prefer in your life. Now is the time to allow yourself to have all of the other things in your life that are going to boost you and lift you while you are choosing that hard path. And while you're on that hard path, even if you're choosing it, you have to mind your people and mind your business. I can't tell you how important it is when you are choosing a hard path to surround yourself with people who will get it who will have your back, and who will lift you and build you up. And we all have people in our lives who are a little bit toxic, who drain us of energy, who make life harder. And when we're choosing the hard path, we have to choose to distance ourselves from people who are not going to lift us up, who are not going to help us be better, and who are not going to help us, you know, get us over the finish line, so to speak, especially if they're going to slow us down. That doesn't mean you have to go away from them forever. It doesn't mean you have to abandon them completely, but you do want to be mindful of the energy that the people you are spending the most time with are, you know, what they're bringing to the table. And likewise, I think what ends up happening 
And we've all seen this in like every January, right? When everyone's trying to lose weight. But like we think to ourselves and it's been taught by a lot of people that one of the ways to stay accountable to a goal is to say it out loud. So we make these big announcements about what we're working on or what we're going after, what we're hoping to find. And at the end of the day, like it's not <laughs> it, it's not necessarily that that's going to set us up for success because all we're doing is building an audience of people who could potentially watch us fail. So it doesn't mean you keep your goals to yourself. It doesn't mean you keep your decisions to yourself, but this is why I linked it to mind your people. You don't want to be telling the world. You don't want to blast out the thing that's personal to you that you care about. You want to pay attention to who you're sharing this with and who you're telling it to so that you are able to, to the best of your ability, surround yourself with people who are going to have your back, who are going to support you, who are going to nurture this goal you have for yourself, who understand you and why you're doing this versus the people who are like, I don't know about that, not what I would do. So you want to really carefully guard the gate. And I would be really careful about anything that involves a mass announcement because the more people you include, the more opinions you need to consider consider. And I would really encourage you to minimize that just a bit. And then, you know, as you're thinking this through and as you're working on this, you have to pay attention to self-care. And as I say this, I, I can almost see all of your eyes collectively rolling in the top of your head. And I really, honest to goodness, my friends, I hate when I sound this cliche and this predictable, but I can't tell you that like just, you know, when I was talking to you about self-awareness and knowing what we need to move through the world, we all neglect self-care when things get hard. We say like, oh, that's for later. That's for when this hard thing passes. Rather than looking at what is realistic self-care for what's going on right now. So this might not be the time when you can grab a couple of bottles of wine and have a weekend with your girlfriend. This might just be you need to find a quiet spot in your yard to have a cup of afternoon tea to yourself. But like, I I don't just say self-care. I say realistic self-care because obviously you need to take into account everything that's going on during the hard time, the amount of time that's being compromised, the amount of money that's being compromised, the energy of, you know, interacting with people, managing, problem solving, and, you know, tending to logistics. I don't want to say like, take a spa day when you are just like balls to the wall working 60, 70 hours a week. What I do want to say is like, it's okay to get takeout on the way home so you don't cook. So I want you to think about what does realistic self-care look like? What is going to make a deposit into the bucket of energy that you have to function and move through the world? And make sure you're actively choosing self-care regularly. It doesn't have to be a spa day. It doesn't have to be something hugely expensive or takes up a lot of time, but it does have to be something that's meaningful to you, that fills your bucket, that takes care of you, and has your back a little bit. 
And then while it is hard, I would really love it if you considered making a visible representation of your progress. Um, and the reason I say this, it might be a little bit personal, but one of the bonehead things I did, and honestly, guys, I don't know why I did this. There was, it, it was, I think more like, more laziness than anything else. But back east, before I moved, I had this little spiral journal right next to the TV. And every time I did a video, uh, a workout, I wrote down the date and the workout I did. So if I was doing a beach body program, I wrote which workout I did. If it was YouTube, I did, you know, I wrote that. If I went to the gym and did a boxing workout or an MMA workout, I came right home and put it in. And it wasn't for anything other than to create this visible, physical, measurable, observable proof that I was meeting my goals. And it, it literally was no big than the size of my hand, one of those little quick notepads. And for some reason, when I was moving, I was like, I don't need this. Um, you know, why am I, why would I pack this? This is nothing. This is stupid. I don't need it. And I just tossed it. And wouldn't you know, within like a month of being at the house, once I finally had a place to land, I really missed the journal. I really missed the book that like had all of those workouts that I did. Because sometimes I like to go back in the book and sort of like go back to favorite videos. I like to see my progress. I like to remind myself because I would leave little notes like felt like shit, did it anyway, to, to kind of motivate myself. And now that I've been here, um, you know, for a while, I really regret regret doing that. And I've done it, you know, obviously, you know, the mindset coach is going to know to do this for herself again. So I started a new book and I keep a new diary. But for me, I don't always have to go back. It's not always just like, I know some people do this as an accountability tool. For me, it's really um, to say that I did it, to put a stamp in the fact that I chose the hard thing, that I did what was best for me, even if I didn't want to, even if I preferred a donut on the couch catching up to my DVR. I did the hard thing. So what I would encourage you guys to do, if you're in the process right now of actively choosing a hard thing for your life or your business, what are the physical, visible, measurable, observable things you can put in your eye line to remind you that you've done it? You know, and it could just be as simple as like the four little lines and a scratch for five. Like you're just keeping a tally or you could do a little journal entry to yourself or a note to yourself. But what are you physically doing to create a visible mark that acknowledges each day and each time you have taken taken a step in the direction, even though that path has been hard. And connected to this, I think is important. And whether or not you want to include it as a separate thing or link to this discussion, uh, you know, you have the freedom to do either there. But what I would like you to think about is how are you connected to the reason you're doing this? Like, what is the why behind the choice? So if I'm, you know, exercising every day and increasing the amount of exercise I'm doing, it's I am trying to balance the offset of perimenopause that's kicking my my butt, slowing my metabolism and overall wrecking havoc everywhere I go. Like I want to have a say. I want to take parts of the, you know, part of my body and the part of my life that I can actively control. So I am going to do that because that's something that I can say when, I can say where, I can say how much. Um, and I also get to say not today. But for me, it's taking control of something that there's a lot of other
other facets too that I don't necessarily have control over, where my body isn't as reliable in all of the ways that it used to be, where it doesn't support me in the ways that it used to. So this is something that I can control. And I, you know, it's the mantra for me, but I also have a little post-it note um, that reminds me with my own personal mantra that's probably, I don't often say this, but probably a little too personal for the podcast. You all heard perimenopause, that's enough for you guys. <laughs> you don't need to hear anything else today, but it's my little mantra to remind myself of of why I'm like getting up in the morning, why I'm pressing play, why I'm doing it. And I want you to create that. And it can be a sticky on your notepad. It can be a screensaver on your phone, but create a visible reminder because when it sucks and when you don't want to, the first thing you ask yourself is why the hell am I doing this? <laughs> right? <laughs> like how often do we do that? to ourselves. So create the visible reminder so that you can get out of your head and not like give all that energy to not wanting to do it. You can remind yourself of your why and then you get to move on. Um, you know, connected to this um, is another sort of concept I want to introduce you guys to. And it's going to sound really unfamiliar coming from me. I know that I'm a little bit of a hard ass. I know that the feedback I I give people is that I make it sound a little too easy and I'm too matter of fact. Um, but here, when you know you're choosing the hard thing because you want what's on the other side, what I would really like you to think about is gentle accountability. Because so often in the healthcare space and in the wellness space, we hear Give yourself a hug. Be kind to yourself. Praise yourself. Be gentle. Treat your body gently. Get plenty of rest and yada, yada, yada and kumbaya right up everybody's behinds. Or you get the people who... <laughs> the Shanties of the world on Beachbody who are like, no excuses, show up, brass play. I don't want to hear your excuse. Just do it, right? I think when we choose the hard thing, when we're choosing the, um, the path less traveled, we do have to be gentle with ourselves and we have to be accountable. Not one or the other, not one for a little while and then the other, but what would it be like for you if you introduced yourself to the concept of gentle accountability, where you're nurturing and you're kind and you're understanding and you're aware, but you're also firm in your resolve of what needs to happen holding yourself accountable when it doesn't happen and making a plan for what you're going to do next to make up for it, to keep going, to pay attention, to combine gentleness and nurturance with accountability, to make both non-negotiable. So we're not just giving you a hug and telling you it's okay. You can try again tomorrow, but we're asking you, okay, you had a headache and your migraine got really bad and it made your dizzy, your vision kind of dizzy. So you couldn't work today. You're going to try again tomorrow and you're going to get how many hours of sleep? When are you going to bed tonight? When are you waking up in the morning? And when are you going to try again? And when are you going to call a doctor if this thing doesn't get better? So saying, yeah, 
yes, you don't have to work. Yes, everybody's deserving of a sick day. You got to get out of jail free card. But what's your plan for getting back to things? Because even if you don't know, like, you know, when your health is going to turn around, when your energy is going to turn around, you're not ending the message at there, there. It's okay not to do it. You're giving yourself acceptance. You're being gentle, but you're also holding yourself accountable. You know, connected to this, so often when things get hard, people seek motivation. They seek the TED Talks, the personal development books, the um, motivational articles, and all of the general badassery that can exist, right? Like we see that over and over again, and we see it on repeat. Well, the other piece to this is what are you going to do after you get motivated and inspired? So it make a commitment to yourself that you are going to pursue things that motivate you and inspire you, but you are going to take immediate action. You are going to do something on the other side to move the needle in your life or in your business, that you're not just filling yourself up with positivity, but you're doing something with it. Then, you know, this is, some of these things, guys, are going to be like the long game. You're choosing the marathon and not a race. So you have to, you know, maintain your energy level. You have to maintain your reserve. And one of the ways that I like to do this is to plan for respite. So sometimes when you're in the marathon and you're not just choosing a hard thing for a week and you're not just in a quick sprint, one of the things I really like to encourage is for you to plan time when you're going to get a respite. Maybe you just know that it's like a a deadline that's coming up so you know when you're going to be required to, when this is all going to be behind you and this is just going to be done and you can kind of say, okay, so my all done day is, you know, June 4th and you just have to plug away for the next three months, then you can absolutely do that. But, you know, if you, if you know it's not going to end for a while, what I would really like to see is when are you going to take a day off from not thinking about it? When are you going to give yourself a mental health day? How are you going to fill the bucket before the bucket is empty. Because I think sometimes we just, we keep deducting and pouring from the bucket, assuming that like, okay, then this will eventually end and we'll fill the bucket back up again. What I like to do is add deposits to the bucket to sort of balance out the deductions that inevitably happen when things are hard. So that you're you're saying like, I'm this is hard right now. I'm choosing this right now, but like, I'm going to throw myself a bone. I am going to give myself a get out of jail free card. I am doing something that's going to get me to not think about this. I'm going to offer myself a break. I'm going to cut myself some slack, but you're going to, you know, like schedule in the respite for yourself. And then lastly, this is a wackadoo idea, guys. And I got to tell you, I do it for myself. And when I was sort of outlining this episode out for you, I was like, I don't even think I've like talked about this, but I know all of you have heard me say like, after the hard thing, like, who are you now? I alluded to it at the beginning of the episode when somebody said, 
um, to me like, oh, so what are you working on? But, you know, anytime we go through a hard thing, anytime we've made a hard choice and we've gotten ourselves to the other side, it's always good to update our version of ourselves. Like, who are we now that this hard thing has happened? But I don't think anybody does that intentionally to like, sometimes you stumble upon it. You realize like, oh, I'm a little different now or, oh, I choose something else now. But I don't think that we ever, um, you know, like really make and set an intention. So what I ask people to do and I challenge my clients to do when they're in the middle of a hard launch of a, you know, a rebrand, a pivot, whatever it is they're choosing for themselves that's particularly hard. I always say that when it feels like the dust is starting to settle and you have caught, you know, started to catch your breath, Set a date and time in your calendar from a month out to somehow check in with yourself about this hard time. Because so often, if we just do that review of things like immediately after the hard time, we are exhausted. We are depleted. We lack insight. It's still too relatively close to us for us to pull out the takeaways. But if you wait a month from when the dust is settled, when you're starting to catch your breath, four weeks out from that hard time, you're going to be able to look back and be like, holy smokes, I can't believe, or I never thought I'd do X, Y, Z. It worked out so well that A, B, C. But if you schedule in that review of yourself and those lessons learned and the insights gathered, you will start to incorporate those successes, those stories, and those lessons into your being, into how you move through the world, which will only set you up for success going forward. It will sort of cement the lessons, make them real and tangible for you so that you can take them with you in your toolbox and apply them. It is not easy when life sucker punches us and it is not easy when we choose to be sucker punched but there is worth and value to making the hard choices to choosing the hard things and I really hope my conversation with you guys has sparked a conversation with you on how you can better do this and manage it for yourselves thank you so much for today if you have a question that you would like answered on the show or you like today's listener you have a topic recommendation that you would like me to spitball on please find me over over at Heather at heathergrayconsulting.com. Thank you so much for today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.